Hello, everyone, and welcome back to American Billiard Radio. Today is Saturday, December 28th, and we've had quite a bit transpire in the, the billiard world since the last show, as usual. Team USA are once again the Moscone Cup champions. I could talk on and on about their win and what it meant and how it came together. Uh, really, for anyone who didn't watch it, and even if you did, I highly recommend the story that's in Billiards Digest this month. You can also read it on their website at billiardsdigest.com. Mike Pinoza wrote a great story that I think sums up the event much better than I could. Uh, besides that, we have a returning and a brand new World Nine Ball champion. Kelly Fisher is your women's World Nine Ball champion. That's the second World Nine Ball championship she has in her career, along with many other world championships. And Fedor Gorst is your men's World Nine Ball champion. This week's show is an interview with Kelly Fisher. We talk about her recovery from open heart surgery, uh, problems she found in her stroke and how she worked on getting past that and her recovery. And, and we also talked about sponsors a little bit as she has some great sponsors out of China. I did get to sit down and have a short interview with Fedor about his win, but honestly, the quality of the interview was really not that good. And I don't think it was something that, that would have made it to the show very well. So I won't keep the listeners any longer. Give you women's world nine ball champion Kelly Fisher. Very proud now to be joined by, you know, I'll say women's world nine ball champion, but you were already the women's world nine ball champion. <laughs> I was, I was, but a few many moons ago. <laughs> sure, uh, Kelly Fisher, the 2012, is that right? 2012 world nine ball champion? Correct, yes, yep. And 2011 World 10 Ball Champion. That's right. Yep. And most important, 2019 Women's World 9 Ball Champion. Tell me about that. That's the most important one as of right now anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm absolutely thrilled, Mike. Um, wasn't, you know, I always knew I had it in me, but really didn't know the older I were getting if it was going to really happen again or not. Um, so just really chuffed and really over the moon to have uh, have managed to pull it off for for the fans who who aren't aware who who haven't been following your career um you know you and i talked a couple years ago you had open heart surgery that's right a hole in your heart correct yes they'd found it obviously it was from birth that grew and grew but was uh never um never called never found uh so it you know, it just grew into a what was too very large and unrepairable any other way other than to actually have open heart surgery. So, When we talked about it back in 2014, you had mentioned that you suffered from heart palpitations, uh, not necessarily just when you were in a pressure situation, but, you know, you had said that you had them uh, at, at different times. I assume that's all gone. You're, that's all behind you. Oh, yeah. Thank God. Yes. Um, basically, the palpitations were definitely from back from way 2009. Something that um, happened often, but kind of got more and more as time went on, you know. And um, I noticed that and I noticed the feeling of it was changing. So 
I kind of had already gone for checks, nothing was found, and then eventually, eventually, they looked into it further, and years later, went had an ultrasound and found the hole. So that's all gone away now, um, thankfully, and yep, I've had my heart checked and still do have it periodically checked, and everything is perfect. It's better than it's ever been, so very thankful, very lucky. Now, when we had talked, you had you had sounded real hopeful that after three or four months, you would get past the recovery and then you'd be right back where you were winning tournaments. And, and you know, you were player of the year there for a time. Uh, that didn't happen, though. What uh, you know, what 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 was your viewpoint on what was happening? Well, I mean, you know, I was doing all right, but there was some kind of. Um, glitch in my stroke that somehow appeared, if you like, after after the surgery, which sounds sounds crazy, but it was something not the same, and I struggled um, to get my game back to where it once was, really, to get it, and it really struggled. And it's only been this last year and a half, maybe two years, that I've felt that it's actually coming back. Uh, and then I would say this last year that I so I've been working very very hard on it, and I'd say this last year that I finally felt that I'm back, if you like. <laughs> uh, I could start with him just totally within my stroke, you know. You'll have to you'll have to forgive me because as somebody who can't make a ball, you know, I can go to any instructor and they can say, "Look, your stroke's a mess. Here's how you fix it." But where uh -huh. Where does a world champion go to find out that their stroke's a little off? <laughs> well, first of all, I could feel it within myself. Um, you know, that was first and foremost. I could feel it within myself, and I, I kind of knew what was what was what was wrong. But how to fix it was a whole new thing. And um, I went. Obviously, I've my coach, uh, Lionel Payne. He's actually been my coach since day one. Um, even though he's a uh, professional snooker coach first and foremost and that's where we started 27 years ago <laughs> um in fact yeah 20 28 years ago um he's been you know he knows my stroke he knows my game inside and out and uh mentally and mechanically is always out even when i transition to pool so i went to him of course straight away <clears throat> and uh it weren't working like and I don't mean what he was saying was, wasn't was working. I couldn't get it to fix. Basically, my, my stroke's always been quite a short stroke. But it had got to a point where I really was struggling to, to actually pull back. It was like uh, you've heard of cuitus. Hmm. Or, you know, and where often they pull back. And at the pause at the back, they can't let go to go forward. Mine was the opposite. From the pause initially when you stop at the cue ball, I couldn't pull back before I wanted to go forward too quickly and it was just uh, no matter what he tried what different strategies we tried together when it come under pressure it was it still is too quick but it was I mean impossibly quick you know it was like crazy um, so that took me a long time really to to feel that and we just kept working on it and working on it I also uh, spent a few days with uh, Johan, um, the American uh, Moscone Cup coach. Right. 
I got him over for a few days and just to have his, his input and he worked together with my coach just to, to try and put it together to come up with something new. And basically, after that, we just kept. I just kept working on it with my coach Lionel and uh, it was basically putting a lot of time in and just putting a lot of hours in to try and fix that. I can pot the ball, you know, and I can I can get position. I know what I'm doing, but the problem was when you've got this problem with your stroke is under pressure, you just lose that control, whether it's you miss pots that you shouldn't miss or you lose the cue ball and it just weren't good enough. So it's took me a lot of hard work. <laughs> me and Lionel both, a lot of hard work to really to to get it back. And I'm just really pleased that I've managed to do that. You... You mentioned that that you could feel the problem with your stroke. Is it the sort of thing where you call or or you visit with your coach and you say, "Look, I know I've got this problem. I just don't know how to fix it." Well, I'd send. I mean, <clears throat> when I was living in America, all I could do was send videos. But now I'm back in the UK. I, he actually come up to me a few times. I've been down to see him, and in between all that, it'd be numerous phone calls. And multiple videos sent, <laughs> you know. So uh, basically a lot of just chatting and, and um, just together, putting our heads together, trying to work on a way to actually fix the problem. Um, and I don't know what, in the end, to be honest with you, I don't know exactly what did fix it uh, or whether it was just putting a lot of practice in trying different strategies and eventually just feeling and finding that. Again, there's still room for improvement, Mike. I do know that uh, really? within my stroke. Yes, absolutely. There's still room for improvement. But, um, you know, I do know that it's uh, back to its good old self, more or less 90%, I'm hoping. <laughs> you know, I'm fascinated with the idea of having a coach for 27 years. Is that... Is that sort of thing common with the top level, let's say top level ladies? Um, well, I wouldn't say for that long, no, because most of them that are playing right now on the top level are not even 27. <laughs> so, you know, your Chen Si Min and your Han Yu, I think they are only around 26, 27 max anyway. But no, mine's <clears throat> mainly because obviously from snooker. I was very fortunate. My parents uh, got me a coach more or less from day one. And we're not only just a coach and student relationship, we're, we're very close friends, like family anyway. So um, even living in America, we still were on the phone and work together. So I'm very lucky to have him. So you figure out that you've got this problem with your stroke and you work with your coach and you work with Johan and you think you've got it figured out. You know, like you said, you were having some good finishes. You, you know, you had a second place here, a third place here, and you, and you won occasionally, but it didn't seem like you could get over the hump and win the big one. But then you had a breakthrough last month. Mm -hmm, that's right, yeah, I did at the WPBA event and I knew even last year, I mean, I got to a final of the China Open and I got to a final of the MUN event um, <clears throat> and in both of them you know, I'm, I could feel that the difference 
there's a different you can go into a tournament and have a great result and felt that you played terrible or you played 80% of your game or you know you can feel that or you can lose for you know second round or in the semis or quarters and feel like you know that you're playing really well um, and I would say even last year's world championships I lost in the quarters to the eventual winner 9-8 but I knew I were playing well. I knew my game were back. I knew my stroke were back. So, you know, I felt it certainly improving over the last two years, if not the last year for sure. Um, the results I knew would come. And I and that's one thing that Lionel kept saying to me. Keep putting in the time. Keep working on it, improving your stroke, and the results will come. Um, so it's just really back to that good old... Um, like my dad always said, go back to the drawing board, you know, and, and uh, go back to what you have to do. You win your fights in the gym. So basically practicing and it'll come it'll come eventually to the match table. You you mentioned uh Seeming and Han Yu, and really for the last couple of years, probably not coincidentally, you know, during the time when you were recovering and you had this this small glitch in your stroke those two players kind of were the top of the the top of the field you know they were they were winning everything how do you come back and stay ahead of players like that well i mean <clears throat> you know the the standard of play now is in, especially over in asia as has gone to a next level to be honest with you there's 13-year-olds, there's 15-year-olds that are breaking and running for fun. And, you know, the standard has increased immensely. So, and it's always going to hopefully keep increasing. So that's that's uh, the, evol- the game evolving, you know. But to stay there, that's another thing as you're getting older, of course. Um, I suppose in a good way, knowing that my game weren't at 100% or nowhere near when I did have the glitch, and didn't feel good about everything, that I was still running, you know, I was still running alongside them. I weren't, it weren't like that I knew that I were losing to them, but I were also beating them in some tournaments too. So I knew I was still around about there. That gave me personally the confidence that if I did fix this and did put the hours in and did get my game back up to that next level where it was before, that I would still be you know, I'd still be up there with them. So that was my main focus, really. Um, I never were in doubt. I, let me rephrase that. I was. <laughs> that would be a lie to say I never in doubt. But uh, once it, I started feeling my game coming back or my stroke coming back and, and seeing feeling the difference, then I, I really did believe in myself to be able to win any tournament. But in nine ball, I'm never, you know, you're not going to nowadays really get somebody domineering so much. Chelsea men certainly has done that the last two, three years, and that's a, that's you know a, a great feat in itself. I mean, it's tough now with it. There's so many great players now, but at a totally different level than than ten years ago, for example. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. And you mentioned the level of play in Asia. You, uh, maybe more so than any other player that I think the American fans are that familiar with, you spend a lot of time over in Asia uh, competing in tournaments. How often do you think you go over there? Oh, wow. I must, 
I mean, I've worked it out and it must be about three months a year um, spanning over maybe 10 tournaments, let's say, if not more sometimes. Um, but yes, I do spend a lot of time over there and simply because my sponsors um, are Chinese table queue and bowl sponsors and they're all obviously originally from China. Um, so I do exhibitions, I do promotions for them and then obviously the tournaments that I play. And that's, to be honest with you, Mike, in the last however many ye- few years, most of the events we've had for women have all been over there. Jerry had made a comment a couple of years ago when he and I had been talking that the future of, at least the future of the women's game was in China. Does it feel that way? I mean, is that where the top players are going to be coming from for the foreseeable future? Well, I hope not. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, you know, I, I want to see uh, the Western world, if you like, producing that level and at young ages and inspire our youth to to certainly um, get their get you know get their kids involved and keep the sport growing. We need that in any sport, I think. So, but certainly, for example, for example, a few years ago, certainly I would say the future were in China, and it has been there. I do feel now, however, that we've got a lot more Europeans uh, coming through, coming to this last event um, last week. We had, I think, 16 or 20 Europeans playing in it. And uh, I could see the improvement, the standard has improved for the European players. So I'm hoping that um, we're going to start seeing more events in Europe, in America. I do know the WPBA are certainly growing and we're having more of more WPBA events, which is fantastic. The, the new board that we have have really put a lot of time and effort in and we're going to have a lot more events um, it's already increased from previous years and next year the calendar's looking good. So I'd like to see tournaments all over the world like uh, rather than all just being in China or all just being in America. I think it's good to have it all over the world for the sport to grow. And that will also grow the the standard of play, not just in them countries. You know, then we'll see a standard growth across the world. You mentioned the the up and coming players, the the Christina Takachas of the world, the the European ladies that are are moving up the ladder. But yep. surprisingly, it was you and Jasmine in the finals of the World Nine Ball. I mean, you you've got to be familiar with her game. Absolutely. I mean, I played Jasmine in the uh, third place uh, in the tournament before in. Um, where were we? <laughs> the WPBA event in Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, Jasmine's game, certainly she, and she would be the first to admit that, you know, these last few years she hasn't done as well as she'd hoped. However, we all know that her game, she's got, she's such a fighter and she's got a a high level, of course, a very high level of play, but she just hadn't produced the the results that she'd been looking for either. Um, And the tournament in America, she did really well. And the previous tournament in the UN, she'd done really well. And so I think she's finding form again as well. Um, But this event, she played all the way through the event. She had some tough matches and some close matches, but she managed to dig in there and pull through them. And then she was playing great toward the end there. 
Um, same for me. I played great all throughout the tournament. Didn't have so much close matches um, until the final, really, where both of us, I mean, we were so happy that we had two two Europeans in the final. Uh, and the last time that happened, I wrote it on my Facebook, the last time that happened was the year 2000 when Julie Kelly and Karen Core was in the final and Julie Kelly won. Um, let alone to say the last time we had a European in the final of the Women's World Championships was when I won it in 2012. There had not been a final with any European in it since then. So to have me and Jasmine in it was, we were, you know, every us and all the Europeans there were all, you know, all very happy about that. So Jasmine's a fighter and I knew if I didn't play well that, It'd be just as I had to play as good as I was playing anybody, of course. Uh, and we both wanted it with so much heart and so much passion that the unfortunately the standard of the the final wasn't the best. But uh, I think it was pure pure heart, and uh, we just both wanted it too much. But we've both been playing great throughout the week. Um, you mentioned you mentioned that part of the reason that you're in uh, China so much is your sponsors. Do you want to give a quick shout out to those sponsors? Yeah, that would be great. Thank you. Uh, my first sponsor is uh, Xingzhui Tables, and uh, basically they have uh, they do a wide range of snooker, Chinese pool, and American pool tables. Uh, they're based in China, and they're growing each year as well um, as far as their company size and uh, across the world so they've been I'm very fortunate to have them and they certainly make a great table and um, you know I'm hoping to continue a future with them they're very happy with my result very very uh, then I've, next I've got Fury Cues and everybody knows that from when I were in America I've been with them a long long time since two, since I ever come to America actually 2004 I've been with Fury Cues. I was uh, basically first sponsored with them, their distributors in or the franchise in America, and then it I ended up getting taken on by the the main boss, if you like, in China, and they've stuck with me through thick and thin through all my surgeries and everything. So uh, I'm very happy to be part of their team, and they make a great queue, and I've won all my titles in pool with a Fury Cue. So that's all I can really say about that. <laughs> And I hope to continue a long-term relationship and continue our long-term relationship, should I say, um, you know, with them. And then my third sponsor is Cyclop Pool Balls. I've been with them a good few years now. And uh, as, as we know them well in America too, they uh, are a ball sponsor for many tournaments across the world. And they grew rapidly over the last few years. And... Uh, yeah, I'm very happy and thankful to all all three of them because without without the sponsors, it's it's nearly impossible. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's nice to have those sponsors long term. I know some of the the even top uh, females, well, top men, you know, struggle for any kind of sponsorship. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, again, we we have a lot of things being in China, and me being in, I had to be in China. Uh, a lot just to be able to get sponsors and and obviously keep them happy um, and one thing I've always said is you know I, I will do my best for my sponsors and you know hopefully if they do the best for me we can work together for a long long time and I've been very lucky um, to have 
to have met such great sponsors and for us to keep that relationship going because it's tough out there to get sponsors and it's very tough to get good sponsors um so I'm, I'm very lucky and thankful to them you know you mentioned the time that you spend in asia and the time that you spend keeping those sponsors happy there has sometimes been a feeling uh mostly with the male players that the the schedule for getting sponsorship is you convince the company to sponsor you you put their patch on your shirt and then you're done and really all you have to do is just keep winning tournaments and then they lose those sponsors and wonder why but you know you have you have kept these sponsors through all these years what what can a top player do for a sponsor besides making balls with their patch on yeah i mean you know unfortunately uh just a, a logo uh on streamed matches tv matches here and there is not going to do enough for, for your sponsors you know i think now of course being a different era we've got the social media you've really got to to do a, quite a bit on social media for your sponsors, including myself doing more than I actually do. It's something that um, I'm now starting to involve more where, you know, you're promoting your, your sponsors, um, whether it's um, basically just talking about their equipment or whether you're actually doing some kind of videos using their equipment and, uh, you know, just pushing them that way. But over the, the years, I've done a lot of exhibition matches where, for example, I'll do um, challenges and they can win raffles for raffle tickets for a queue or I sell the products at the, at the shows that I do and, you know, again, just create the interest of, of them particular brands. Uh, I also, in China, do a lot of promotional things by traveling around to their dealers and um, putting on an exhibition or just meeting their dealers and going for dinner. Um, there's, you know, a lot of things like, for example, uh, doing some photographing, you know, have photos made up and instead of just it being your photo, make sure you've got your sponsors on there and their logos. And it, it's just a multitude of, of, of ways to involve them in your career as opposed to just using them, you know. It's involving them being, them being part of you, I would say. So any promotion you do for yourself in any way is making sure that your sponsors are there uh, with you throughout all that. Any kind of media things like what we're doing right now, down to a newspaper, down to a interview for TV or just even a magazine interview, you know, you've got to mention them and you've got to really push push them in every way you can. Like I said, as, as much as you promote yourself, you promote them with you. Okay. You're uh, you're taking a break right now. You're, you're back home for the holidays. How long will you get to relax without having to think about pool tournaments? Well, I've, right now, <clears throat> I'm, my, my next tournament that I know of um, is going to be in March. So I've got quite a bit of time. But, however, during that, that three months, if you like, I also teach. And I teach in Hong Kong, um, training the Hong Kong national team. 
so I plan to be going out there um, probably toward the end of January, early February, uh, spending a few weeks with the national team there, uh, training their, their elite team, which actually at the moment uh, I think is the current world champion, is the junior world champion, is one of the kids there, and the other one's certainly the runner-up. Um, so they've got a great team of players, great standard, and I go out there and train with them for a couple of weeks and see if I can give them some of my old wisdom, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're getting a chance to to relax a little bit and enjoy your third world championship. Now, you've you've won snooker world championships, haven't you? Yes, yeah. I managed to win six of them. And I also won um, the three times, two or three times, uh, I won the billiards, you know, the English billiards world championships. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. Well, Kelly, I appreciate you taking a little bit of time uh, from your, your holidays to, to talk to us. Uh, big congratulations on the win. I, I can't think of, well, I'm sure there's other players who can, but I can't think of a more deserving uh, world champion for right now. Well, I really appreciate that, Mike. Like I said, I'm chuffed to bits and uh, really thrilled to have managed to pull that off. Um, so thank you so much, and I appreciate all the fans out there and appreciate um, all the support that everybody gives us. And it's, it really doesn't, you know, it doesn't go missed. Um, and I wish everybody a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, and uh, look forward to 2020. And hopefully, we can keep on improving on on. 2019's results. <laughs> well, you said you were at 90%. You've got you've got 10% to go. Yep, and I'm going to go for that. I really am. I'm going <laughs> to get back on get back on the practice table uh, after the new year, and hopefully uh, by March I can be gearing up. That's going to be the Chinese Eight Ball World Championships. So fingers crossed. That's uh, one I've not won. Um, I'll be. That's my goal to to win that one. I'll be gearing up for that. So that would be lovely. (laughs) All right. Well, you have a great holiday. And if we don't talk to you before then, good luck at the the Chinese 8-Ball World Championship. Thank you very much. And everybody else have a great holiday. You too, Mike. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you. Okay. That was your Women's World 9-Ball Champion, Kelly Fisher. I appreciate her taking some time to to sit down and talk with us. Hopefully we will have another show within the next week or so. I'm, I'm not sure who that guest will be, but I will work on getting that put together. I want to thank everybody for listening. hope everybody has a great New Year's holiday. And Dave, we are always thinking about you. <laughs>